This is Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases, spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Right, hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's get straight into it here. We've got the patented random album generator in front of us. Uh, so all we need to do is click the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And so the album we're going to be listening to is Fats Domino, This Is Fats. So the album is called This Is Fats Domino. All right, so... Okay, so uh, This Is Fats Domino is the third album by R&B pianist and vocalist Fats Domino. The album was released uh, by Imperial Imperial Records in December 1956. Uh, the album was released, uh, is reissued in 1969 as stereo. In fact, electronically re-recorded to s- simulate stereo as printed on cover. Uh, the new owner of Imperial records uh the album is included in the reference book of thousand one albums you must hear before you die so that's why it's on the list um okay so here we go here's the first song on this is fats uh it's called the rooster song Okay, so that concludes the first half of the album. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. It's weird. I'm looking, and it seems like the what's on Apple Music is a completely different track list from what I'm seeing on other places. <laughs> so that's bizarre. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, we're going with the version that's on Apple Music. In case anybody is wondering. Um, so yeah, I think um this is it's really interesting hearing um how the uh like he's obviously he's known to be like a uh, one of the pioneers of rock and roll and just hearing um you know, we always think of guitar uh, guitar as being the driving force of rock and roll, but this very, there's very little guitar here. It's mostly driven by his piano playing, which he's an amazing piano player, and the saxophone. Um, so this is very early rock and roll. This is sort of like the very, you know, starts the starting of it, you know. Well, I guess this is a few years into it, but I mean, his... His this is his like third or fourth album, but I mean his this style anyway is very early rock and roll. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with uh, his piano playing, especially on the uh, Hey La Ba Bookie. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, dude had fingers that could really you know dance their way up uh, the ivories. Um, I don't have much else to say about it at the moment. Um, just that uh this is you know classic original rock and roll it's uh um yeah yeah i mean yeah that, really yeah that's that's <laughs> that's all it is really i mean um 
the that last song was it was kind of different with uh was called don't you hear me calling you um that was uh with the bongos uh playing i mean that sort of gave it more of a i guess a more of a latin feel um and sort of and just you know something a little bit different and that's the thing too that i always um that you hear like okay so like fats domino has a very distinct sound mm-hmm. and you know it's and then you hear like Bo Diddley and he has his sound and Chuck Berry has his ha- sound and all these guys in the early rock and roll all had were doing similar things but they all had their own sound their own thing and I can't quite put my finger on it but it's just it's just the way they play, the way they sing, the way they write songs, the what they whatever they put into it, their personality comes out in the songs and in their music. And um that's something that I noticed here. It's like, okay, yeah, this is 50s rock and roll, but it's like this is definitely Fats Domino. Like I'm not going to confuse it for anybody else. And so like I don't quite um you don't get that. You you get that now with um, people. Certain making, artists will do it, but yeah, a lot of there's there's a lot of bleed over in, in some artists, <laughs> or it's it's very hard to sort of distinguish them from others uh, other contemporaries. Yeah, well, I was gonna say you you get it now in the sense that m- people making deliberate choices in yeah uh, like certain sounds they want to create and on like certain synthesizers and whatever and that's cool i'm not knocking it down or anything like that if you want to create whatever kind of music you want to create that's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything about that but uh what i'm saying is like it it's their distinct um sound comes just from the way they play you know you know if if i know we're you know he's not a guitar player but i think like if you know, Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry were to pick up the same guitar, they would sound completely different from each other. Yeah. And so, um, I'm just saying like, it's their personalities are coming out in the way they play, the way they sing, you know, where like in on the beat that they come in. And it's just, you know, instinctual. Yeah. It's hard to fake that sort of thing. But uh, I thought it was an interesting choice where he did the standard. I, I guess they used to do that more often, where they would do sort of like a rock and roll, like upbeat take on an old standard, and he chose as time goes by. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, they would do that a lot. I mean, they would, you know, rock and roll. I, I, that still um, happens, you know. That's 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 kind of a tradition that a lot of people do i think there's i mean there's punk versions of um the song from the wizard of oz oh yeah uh i can't remember the name of it it's the the famous song from wizard of oz Um, we're off to see the wizard no no the 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 slow um somewhere over the rainbow but there's like punk rock versions of that. So it's like, it's sort of interesting that that tradition kind of starts here in the very foundation. It's in the very foundation of rock and roll. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, I guess we'll uh, move on to the uh, second half of the album. And it starts off with a song. uh, It's called it's you. I love.
Okay, ending the album with You Know I Miss You. Um, yeah, this, I mean, there's not much variation in the songs, really, but I mean, that's not really what I'm looking for when I listen to something like this, you know. Yeah, I did notice there's a, a lot more guitar usage in the second half of the yeah. of the album. In fact, there was even a guitar solo in just the last song there, so. Um, there was one song, I think it was Baby Please... Or no, where did you stay? Where uh, he was like scat uh, singing, um, doing this wah wah sort of thing as a part of the solo, and then the piano solo was after that. So I thought that was cool that he was sort of using his voice to almost mimic a guitar. Oh yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, th- this was uh, really cool to listen to. I mean. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting to sort of see like the like I know this is a few years into rock and roll being famous or er, er, being popular and you know this I think it really sort of became mainstream like around 1955 or so but um, but I mean he was making records you know a few years before that and sort of this is but this is kind of so it's like this is the this is what you're hearing is sort of the um it's the same sound uh and sort of it's where rock and roll started and I think a lot of the time he is really credited with starting rock and roll um I don't necessarily disagree with that I don't but I it might not be completely accurate but I think he was really the one, the first one to at least you know record rock and roll maybe some of the really early blues like not really early blues but uh some of the uh, early electric blues i would say um going back to the late 40s uh some of that is very rock and roll in in its uh structure and overall sound and and even just the electrification of it it's uh the more upbeat songs could be very um, mistaken for for being rock and roll very very easily. Yeah, I guess it just it's kind of an evolution, right? It's from like it was absolutely an evolution. There's no like real distinct like cutoff point. It's like okay, the blues is sort of changing a little bit, and now we're sort of so that you can sort of say, well, this is the first rock and and it's totally debatable about where you can draw that line, but it's really just a slow sort of evolutionary process, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, because you got guys like Jimmy Reed and Johnny Guitar Watson and stuff, and, and, and other guys like that who are playing stuff that were very much, um, you know, and they could continue playing that stuff even, I think some of them even went on to sort of just like accept the rock and roll sort of um, moniker um, yeah. so they could, uh, you know, advance their careers. <laughs> and, you know, I guess the, the you know, People like, uh, I guess, B.B. King, you could say he's rock and roll, you know, although... Sometimes. I I would say, um, uh, like, uh, Freddie King and Albert King were... Um, whereas they're definitely rooted in the blues, they're they're just as rock and roll as, say, like, uh, I don't know, early ZZ Top or even Led Zeppelin at times were. So... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was actually just, uh, this is just sort of reminded me 
So there's, um, I don't know if you've, you probably heard it, is uh, Cheap Tricks version of a Fast Domino song, Ain't That a Shame. And it has that long jam at the beginning where it's that build, a, the intro really builds up and then it goes into the song. Yeah. Apparently that was Fats Domino's favorite cover of any of his songs. That was his, <laughs> that was his favorite you know, any song that was ever covered and that was his favorite. And actually, I think they, he actually handed his gold record to them. Wow. Um, I don't know if they kept it or whatever. It was a photo opportunity anyway, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, he really enjoyed, he thought that was his, that was his favorite cover of any of his songs. Yeah. It is a good one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely an interesting guy and he lived to the age of 89. I mean, he only died a few years ago. He's, and, um, yeah, he's born in 1928 and, uh, which, you know, it's weird because you think like he was in his, well, I guess he would have been in his thirties in the fifties. Right. So yep. or in, in his twenties, I guess. Twenties, thirties around there. Around um, there. Yeah. Say he was born in so 1929, you said? 20, 28. 28, sorry, 28. Yeah. So, yeah, 28, 30. So he would have been 20 and 48. So, yeah, I guess he would have been in his 20s, almost 30 when this late, came out. L- late 20s into his early 30s by the time rock and roll was, you know, in its infancy and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and so it's like he's been, he was around for a long time and... Uh, and so be- I think because of that, he was a little bit older. He was, he can be seem sort of credited as one of definitely, if not the pioneer of rock and roll, but definitely one of them. One of the ones that were there at the beginning for sure. And like he, the blues artist you men- mentioned as well. I mean, so yeah, it's really cool to, to listen to the, uh, where this thing sort of started. Or at least what we know is it of it now was where it started. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess we will end the uh, podcast there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, uh, be sure to check us out on uh, polyphonicpress.com. You can drop us a line. Uh, and if you feel inclined to uh, to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash polyphonicpress, and you can get uh, these episodes a week before they come out and a, lot, a bunch of cool stuff there as well. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy.